Everybody who is a dumbass, stupid, makes me <laughs> It's Cross Culture. You know how we like to start. I don't like it. It's what? Cross culture. It's what? Cross culture. It's what? Cross culture. Hey. Cross culture. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Every time. Every time it hits. Not for real though. <sighs> we produced that. Okay. I didn't know that we was multifaceted. <laughs> well, happy new year. True. <laughs> happy new New Year, even though it's the 13th, but it's still, you know, as Nigerians, we say Happy New Year for the first two, three months. Friday the 13th. Guess who's playing Jason? Oh, it is Friday. Is it, oh, it is Friday the 13th. And guess who's playing Jason? Anyway, Happy New Year, guys. New and first episode of the year 2023. Can you can you believe that we're in 2023? It it's sounds crazy. weird. It's say. crazy to think about sometimes, but guess what? One day we're going to be in 2073. Do you think we'll make Inshallah. it then? By what grace age, of it, what God. What age would that be? What, how many years? Is, okay, is hold that? on. Let me do the math. 2073. Yeah, you can't do the math up your, up, top your head. College graduates. You're about to be a okay, you too. master's graduate. You too. The time is there. Tell Come me. Come on. 80. 80. I mean, 80 years, right? Mm. Come on now. I just said it. Because I was saying it. I said, hey, you saw my lips. <laughs> what else? What other number? It's <laughs> only one number that's A. <laughs> You could say 80 years. You could say 18 years. Come on. You two, your common sense knows. Not anyway, 80 years, as I said. Wow. How would I we now? I don't think I want to be there. Sorry to say. Oh, I want to be there. 80 plus. Yes, I want to be 30? there. 30? Come on. I'm okay. My good sis, Baba Waters, died at 90 something. But 80 years from now, how old are you? You're about to be 30. 80 plus 30. Wait, no. That's not 80 years. Oh, I'm tweaking. Sorry. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Whoa. Ah, no, but how old, how old are you? Would you be in eighty years? In eighty years, mm-hmm. too old. I would be like a hundred. Uh, hey, I'm not tweaking now. Exactly, eighty years. Yeah, but that wasn't the conversation. But I'm saying that we're gonna be over a hundred years in eighty years. Yes, that's yes. A fact. I'm right. I'm not tweaking. But speaking. the original conversation. No, but I'm saying I don't want to be here in eighty years. Yeah. So I'm like, like, I, I knew what I was saying. No, girl. that's not what we were talking about. But that, I know what you were saying, girl. But you made it seem like I didn't know my math. Because you did it. Because we yes, said I did. we said the year 2073. Could be gonna add 80 years to your current age. No, we said how old would you be in 2073, and I said 80. We'll be 80 in 2073. Yes. Oh, that's the original math. Really? Yes. Are you for real? Yes. Okay, I want to be here then. Sorry. Yeah, Is that's the why? Sorry. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. I, in my head, I'm thinking like. Are you sure? Yes, do the math, do the math. No need for the math. You'll be 79 even. Because I did it for my year. It's okay. You are the teacher here. You know I'm a senior. You are the (laughs) (laughs) Can we delete this beginning part? No. (laughs) Anyway, guys, welcome back. Happy New Year. This is Damio. Erika Mona. And this is Cross Cross Culture. Back again with another episode. 
Anyway, guys. How are you, though? How are you? How are you? It's a new year. Second week in January. How are you? I feel blessed and highly favored. Amen. That's too, stre- too blessed too to be blessed stressed. Too blessed to be stressed. I like that. There's only one thing I'm missing in this life of mine. Some dick. Whoa! Why would you say it in that <laughs> manner? <laughs> I was going to say, in the words of B2K, I got everything I need in my life except a boyfriend. Oh, B2K said boyfriend? They said girlfriend. Okay. Oh. They really? said, wow, you see how you reduce me. <laughs> Did I reduce you? It's part of it now. It's part of the boyfriend package. Yes. Yeah. It is part of the package. Okay. You will come in due time. Amen. In due time. Amen. Okay, but how is life? How was your new year? Mm-hmm. How are you yes, feeling? Good. Any goals for the new year you want to share with us before we get into the episode? You guys, a big goal of mine is discipline. Everybody say it together. Okay. Discipline. Okay, you know, I think that every year we have New Year's resolutions, but what are New Year's resolutions without the discipline to do? Mm. So this year, especially as this is the year I turned 30, this is my golden yeah. birthday big year. Big 3-0. Big 3-0. Big 30. Wow, dirty 30. True facts. facts. Wow. Big three decades. I remember when you were a small girl. I remember the same for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, discipline. That's good. Yeah, how about you? Ah, put myself first. Ah, like yeah, that. put myself first. Because when you put yourself first, you'll be better all around. Whether better partner, teacher, mother, daughter, whatever, you know. And, you know, putting yourself first, you know, people tend to see it as being selfish. But mm-hmm. I think there's a good selfish and a bad selfish, yeah, right? selfish is not a bad word. You have to care for yourself in order for you to be able to pour into other people. Facts. So, put myself first. Um, that's one of my major goals. Exactly. Um, I feel that because it, it is definitely so much that, like, we do so much, especially with you being a mom, we do so much for other people. Yes, it's so easy to, like, forget about yourself. To be like, oh, wait, I didn't do this for myself. Exactly. I didn't, and the simple thing is like, oh, I didn't eat today. Simple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. And I think with that, it just kind of also comes with being thankful for life. So mm-hmm. let's get to some of the hot topics. Mm-hmm. Um, starting on the hot topic list, with this being the first episode, first new episode of the year, um, I do want to take the time to acknowledge those people that didn't even make it to this year, as well as some people who didn't even get to see the rest of this year. Mm. Um, just a quick rest in peace to Pele. Pele is a Brazilian soccer player that really revolutionized the game of soccer. Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters is a journalist media legend. She is um, one of the first women to do notable things in journalism and is the creator of the show The View. She kind of created that style of women talk show that we see in the view the talk um soul circle all that other shit Mm -hmm. barbara did that lisa marie presley the one and only child of musical legend elvis presley and kirsty alley kirsty alley is an an actress um famously known for her roles in cheers luke who's talking now and the tooth fairy um there were many other people who died the pope so they both passed away all of them oh because you know you said i was like damn dude child of elvis and kirsten they all passed away 
Right, right. Yeah, so all of them passed away. So we just want to do a rest in peace to all of those notable figures. Rest in peace. Oh, the Pope passed away too. Well, a lot of people passed away. Nah, it was going crazy. Ha. <sighs> But we thank God for life. We're glad that we're here. We also pray for comfort and peace for their family members, their you know friends that they left behind as well. Yes. Okay, let's go into like the hot tea, 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 tea that actually really happened. It was like the end of last year, right? Was mm-hmm. it December? We all know Meg Destale and Tori. That whole wahala, that whole trouble of like who shot who, who shot ya? As we know, he's been convicted, right? Yeah, he shot her. Evidence show, phone recording show, that he indeed do it. She didn't shoot herself. She didn't shoot her. She didn't lie about it. He did it. Now, of course, it's a really complicated situation because you know so many stuff came out. You know, so weird because it's like, why is all these things coming out? Right, like all the footage, footage, footage of you know when she got shot, she's in the, in the ambulance crying and stuff. That came. I feel like, whoa, that was super intimate to see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, even like footage of people's ring alarms that picked up like some of the fights and like the gunshots came out. Yeah. Um, the phone call the with phone Kelsey call. and Tori. Let's get into that. What do you think about that? I think, as I've been thinking, I think Kelsey is more um, implicated than we will ever know. Mm-hmm. Um, in so many ways, I think that Tori could have not shot Megan without Kelsey. Okay, hold on. Back up. Meaning what? I think she brought the gun. I think that it was the argument between them that spurred the whole situation. I think that she pulled the gun out first, and I think that Tori just shot. So you feel like she pulled the gun out to shoot Meg? Yes. Hmm. What I would say, like, um, EJ, her former stylist, yes. I feel like he gave the most accurate and honest testimony. Him and the neighbor. I think between them, they, they did the, he did the before, mm-hmm. and I think the neighbor gave the, the after. after. Exactly, because EJ was like, okay, we were at Kylie's place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he was honest about, you know, Meg the Silent, she's a fun drunk, but when she gets, when you cross that line of like, okay, you a little bit too drunk, she gets aggressive, mm-hmm. mean drunk. He also describes described um Kelsey as a Tasmanian devil type of drunk. Yes. You know, she's a firecracker. You know what I'm saying? Like, she lit, she lit, she all over the place, kind of mm-hmm. crazy. He did say he saw the gun in her bag, mm-hmm. that there was a gun in the bag. He also said that, you know, as black folks, you know, after a while, we're not trying to be at white people's house too long. Why are we the last black folk at their house? And y'all super turn. Like, why? Like, it's time for us to go. But Terry showed up, you Drunk know. Drunk already. Okay? And then Meg was kind of annoyed because he saw the... She saw the attention he was giving Kylie, mm-hmm. you know. And from there, motherfuckers was just, it went off. Arguments started happening, whatever, whatever. Now the neighbor said he saw two girls fighting. Facts. That they were going in, really, really fighting. Uh, but the gunshot part was where I'm confused about. Because mm-hmm. he did say he heard, the, he heard the gunshot. Did he say he heard it from the girls? He said, so here's the thing. He said he saw Tori... Shoot the gun in the air. Okay. Now, let's remember this. And this is why a lot of this is very tricky. Mm -hmm. What Tori is being charged for is reckless endangerment of a firearm. Okay. Which means him even pointing it at her, whether it went off or not, is reckless endangerment. Mm -hmm. So, him pointing it in the air, reckless endangerment, he was going to get booked. So, I'm going to read the charges real quick. Assault with a semi-automatic handgun. Having a loaded and unregistered firearm in a vehicle and gross neg- negligence in discharging his firearm. We'll continue. So it's like he was definitely going to get 
booked for those things. Mm-hmm. When you hear the story, when you hear what happened, because at the end of the day, it wasn't his gun. It wasn't registered. He did fire it. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing with the whole case. I never for one day thought Meg was lying about being shot. Right, of course. I always thought, like, that. that's just an egregious lie. She did go to, you know what I mean? It's just like. There's evidence to there, show she There was that. never a reason I thought that she lied about being shot. Mm-hmm. Where I was disappointed in the whole case and everything that came out was that I felt that, like, Meg, why did you lie about your relationship with Tori? Mm-hmm. And why did you lie about how the shooting came to place? Mm. Because she didn't lie about getting shot. But the way she told the story and the way it was originally told was like they were leaving the party together. They got into it maybe because her man was looking at other women. Then she wanted to leave out. Excuse me. Then she wanted to leave out of the car because they were getting into it. And then out of anger of her leaving, he shot her. And he said dance, bitch, dance. And then that whole dance, bitch, dance. For it to come out that it wasn't necessarily like that, to me, I was like, we would, you know what I mean? Like, she you, ain't a fight. She ain't nothing. you being shot was enough. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to sugarcoat the rest. Mm-hmm. And I think in her sugarcoating the rest, it made it messier than it needed to be. It did. Because, it didn't make it super messy. Yeah, because now you're giving some people an alleyway to be like, oh, well, she was doing this and she was doing that and so on and so forth. I also think, as we discussed, I think they were they were so drunk that they might not be accountable for all their actions. Because even when you, I'm not gonna lie, listen to the phone recording, you could. I, a part of me feels like he don't even remember half of the shit that he happened. Don't. He don't remember half of the shit that happened. You know what I'm saying? Um, I feel like the only person who may have who may remember it is Kelsey. I think she's the one who kind of really remembers shit, even though she was drunk. But I feel like she knows what the fuck really happened. And I just feel like. The fact that, the, the, even the conversation that Tori had with Kelsey on that phone, it was really like, that's my bitch. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, I'm cr- that last night was crazy. Yeah. Bail me out, though. You got my security number. Exactly. You know Call what to do. People. Like, yeah, like my bottom bitch. Like, you know what to do. Call the people. Woo, woo. Even she, she was... Yeah, you know. Yeah, I got it's, you. It's, it's, she was giving him tea. It's kind of in the blogs, making people handling that though. God, like, ah, uh-uh. and this is Bessie. This is the next day that this happened. Yeah, no, that's, and I think as audience, we all knew like, okay, this is weird because why is that immediately they're not friends anymore? It was from that incident that they be, they were not friends anymore. She too, she was dropping this track. Remember would, Kelsey like drop the yeah, track? I, I would love to hear Justin. The secu- I would have loved to hear Justin, the security guard's testimony. Because Kelsey did text him. She did text him, and just even Justin being around, mm. right? Because like she fired Justin immediately after too. Oh shit. And it makes me feel like, well, damn, bitch, was you fucking Justin? Was you and Kelsey fucking Justin too when that came out? Because <sighs> you know, we always say, oh, Justin, the fine photographer, the fine security guard. Blah, blah, blah. Well, if we all see it, I know they saw it too. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know he fine. And then, of course, she wearing booty shorts and shaking ass every day exactly. in the house. So. And now that we know that Megan like that, it's not unbelievable to me that Megan and Kelsey would have had an intimate relationship with the security. Because he wasn't there. So even for him being um, subpoenaed to me was just as a character witness. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like y'all wanted him to get on this on there and say, did you or did you not fuck Megan Thee Stallion also? Damn. 
That was how I interpreted it. I interpreted it as they, you know, we know that she texted him that day, the night that it happened. I feel like it was like, okay, let's get information. Like, what text did you receive? What do you know about the background information? Now, of course, all this we're saying, we're not saying they excused Megan being shot. Of no, course, it no, does no. not. But it just comes to show that Meg and Kelsey, they were not true friends. Yeah. They were jealous if, of each other. Facts. They were definitely jealous of each other, of each other, the attention each other was getting. They were hitting on each other, and they were just kind of both fucking the same man. And it's quite very much unfortunate because it's over Tory. It is, like, really Tory. Yeah. It's over Tory, you know? Um, now, last question. Do you think this will affect her career? Because he's been saying, like, she's not going to make a comeback after this. Would this affect her career? Yes. With black business, hip-hop. Um, she's a rapper. Would this affect her career? And how yes, so? Because it was very divisive. Okay. The whole, the whole case is very divisive. Either you were for Megan or you were against Megan, mm-hmm. you know? And I just think that Megan's music hasn't been producing enough. Here's the thing that everybody always needs to know. If you give us fire, everything is excusable, which is what happened. We see that with R. Kelly. <laughs> we see that because I ain't going to hold you. I just ain't send it to y'all. Less than a week ago, they were throwing a party for R. Kelly's birthday. What? They, was th- I'm gonna start they had a big party in Chicago for R. Kelly's birthday. It was at a club. I wow. kid you not. I ain't sending it to y'all. I was going to send it to y'all. I was like, nah, I'm not even going to promote this. It was a big party because at the end of the day, there are so many people that still love R. Kelly because his music at the end of the day is... It's it, superb. It, it's, it's, it's R. Kelly's music. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is what it is. It speaks for itself. I think if Megan Thee Stallion's music... Is speaks for itself, then I think people will soon forget. You know? She hasn't had enough time for her music to be that strong and relevant to be enough. Yeah, you know, like she she's young. She just came her out what three album years to ago. Be fire. Her next body of work needs to be fire, and it need, you know what I mean. And I think that like the thing with musicians too, especially these new age musicians and stuff, they want to pick and choose when to be private, <laughs> and that doesn't work. Okay. Because it's like y'all be so outside Facebook. Either you, know, you sort of private and keep it that way. You're a private person mm-hmm. or we know this of you and you got to talk about it. Yeah. There is no way Megan's next body of work could not talk about this. Mm. And now you're challenged with not only do you have to talk about it, but you have to talk about it in a captivating way. Mm-hmm. That is a challenge. Mm-hmm. That's a challenge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, what do you think of Tori's dad, Sunstar? That's such a cute name. Sunstar and Um, isn't what a father would do, in the sense of yeah. like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight stand for my son, for my fight for my son, whatever. Yeah, that's true. But also, parents can be delusional. Do you think this is the work of Rock Nation? Ah, I didn't read too deep in tweets. I don't know too deep in Rock Nation and Illuminati and all of that. Who knows? Um, if so, I mean. They're protecting their clients. But again, it comes down to the... Because, you know, he he also posted saying, we forgive Meg Thee Stallion. That forgive, was crazy. Forgive her for, her for what? what? What did she do to you? What do you? Forgive her for what? Honestly, I think that in their minds, I'm not defending it, but I think in their minds, they really feel like this was a, was a domestic dispute gone awry. Of course. Like, they really feel like... They feel like he's a story to scapegoat. Yes. But Tori also put himself in this situation. They all, and that's what I said, you know, when, when I made the comments a couple of weeks ago about, like, you know, this night, the way the night went, no matter what happened, whether she got shot or not, it was going to be a shit show. It would have been, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. that was the trajectory of the night. And I think that 
what Tori's family is fighting for mm-hmm. is the redemption of the image that Tori did not just go in there on some guns blazing. Right. I'm an angry black man and I, I can't hold my her. emotions and I shot her. Mm-hmm. There was something that led up to this. Now, we all agree that the shooting was a exaggerated reaction mm-hmm. that was like damn nigga you took it too far like yeah. whatever argument you had you now took it's it too a hard far. lesson for him to learn too exactly because you constantly always super drunk you're over you're constantly and you know he's constantly aggressive we've heard reports of him being domestically violent to women to women to men out of nowhere he bring his child to the court scene like we never heard about it. i didn't know he had a whole five six year old son g you know what i'm saying so it's just like Typically, when people say consequences of your actions, a lot of times it's not just a one-time thing. Oh, no. It's a build-up of different mm-hmm. things, and this is the big, you know, yeah. the big bang. You know what I'm saying? Which, you know, for all of them, actually, yes. But with Tori's father, he's he's a delusional, supportive parent, and yeah. that's just simply what it is. What else is he going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm going to go, and he looks just like him. His son looks just like him. So yep. I'm seeing similar behaviors, actually. Quite frankly, to the ball, okay. So it's like Rock Nation. I don't know if they're involved or not. If they're involved, I mean, they're supposed to support their clients now. I think the dad don't know how to say what he want to say. What What do you think he want to say? I think what he really trying to say is that Megan Thee Stallion has bigger corporations supporting her, and she was never going to lose. Fact. Like, and there's no way she should have lost, regardless. You know what I'm saying? And I think he's just saying there's big corporations behind her, like. It was always going to be a skewed trial. Because I think that... Do you think it was a skewed trial, though? I think that definitely, for sure, public opinion was already there. Mm-hmm. That's messed up. When I think that whatever happened with the, the testimony... Because remember, the neighbor was um, Tory witness. Mm-hmm. He wasn't Megan's witness. Mm-hmm. So for him to get up there and say that Tory was the one shooting the gun, doing this, da da da, da that was never supposed to happen. So they're trying to say what they were originally saying was that somebody got to the witness. Oh. From from, okay. from them. And that's where the whole Rock Nation, Rock Nation came mm-hmm. from. But you know, what we want to say on Cross Culture and to move on past this, Tory Lanez is getting what he deserved. Because whether hey. it was going to be from this. Or not. Or, or something not, else. Tory was going to end up in this position. Absolutely. His anger is ridiculous. And then after he going to go back to ridiculous. Canada. Yeah. Go take Absolutely. that shit down now to the six. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so moving on to the next thing. So let's talk about um, another Megan of ours, which oh. is <laughs> Meghan Markle and Prince mm-hmm. Harry. So, you know, we spoke about the documentary a little bit. I was watching that documentary of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry where they spoke about everything that happened, you know, um, how they felt, their point of view with the British media and everything. And following this, Harry has now released his very first memoir. Mm. And the title of this memoir is Spare. Before I go any deeper, that title alone captivates me. Okay. Spare? Mm-hmm. That's so deep. Mm. You know, because he is this, you know, with, um, with royalty, mm. it, the secession goes to the first son. Mm. So he literally is the spare. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he like I'm the spare son. If something happened to William, then yeah, I inherit it. But it was never going to be his. Mm-hmm. And if you all follow the royal family, mm. that has been a like it's something that we all know. We never talk about, but we always attributed. It, I'm sorry, attributed to Harry's um, rebellion. Mm. That at the end of the day, he was never going to wear the crown. Mm. Um, 
fast forward, a lot of information came out. And what this is really being um, talked about is as him really avenging his mother. Mm. Because Harry speaks about how he didn't fully internalize that his mother was dead until he was in his 20s. Mm. Yeah, he said that he didn't, he didn't really accept it. That his mother had died, especially at the hands of the paparazzi. He made a statement saying, like, wow, the last thing my mother saw was a paparazzi flash. How did she die again? It was it an accident? In a car accident because mm-hmm. of the paparazzi. Because they was flashing the driver. You know, they were chasing mm-hmm. them, and then they crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he didn't look at the police report until he was, like, 20-something. Of course. And that's where he saw pictures and mm-hmm. things like that. And then in that, one of the most... Um, like one of the biggest headlines that came from that was him talking about his relationship with his brother, mm-hmm. Prince William. Are they close? It doesn't seem like they're close. No, so they're not close. Mm-hmm. And he says that, you know, they got into a fight and so much though that William pushed Harry down and a lot of that um, wasn't necessarily about Meghan Markle, even though they like to say like, you know, they argued about Meghan. He said that me and William kind of like already had a beef. It was obvious though. And he, he even says that his brother and his father envied him mm. because they didn't stick up for their wives in the way that he stuck up for his. They sure did not. They sure did not. Especially the father boy. It gets deep. Like he talks about his relationship with Camilla. And you know, Camilla is the mistress of Charles Turn. Boy, she's the super top head side chick. She finally made it in her fucking 80s. Hell yeah. As a main bitch. Finally became the queen. Like what? But people I know, I've not read the book and I would like to. Um, I definitely want to read the book. I definitely would like to as well. But people are saying that he exposed too much. Hmm. What do you think about that? Do you feel like he said, I mean, of course, now we wouldn't know if it was too much because we haven't read or listened to the book yet. But just the little that you just said right now, that's some deep information. I definitely think that Harry's whole plan is to dismantle the royal family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even he talks about and it. you know what? Sorry to cut uh, you off. I don't even necessarily think it's to dismantle the royal family because I feel like he does respect and love his royal family. But I guess the negative sides of them, you know, like the, the negative things that they do, like the, you know, like the not good, so good part of the royal family. What he described, because he did a couple interviews with like Good Morning America, mm-hmm. Michael Strahan, and what he described was that he feels that his family has like betrayed each other to Absolutely. look good in the British media. Mm-hmm. And he says like he kept so much inside as to make them continue to look good. Mm-hmm. And he said that even though he kept so much inside, they still outcasted him. They still did a lot of mm-hmm. things to him. He said, so at this point, I'm just going to say my piece. Period. And I think there's going to be freedom and us really just being like, look, this is who the fuck we are. Did you see the house he was living in? I'm like, oh. Royalty. Like, Harry says that when his grandmother, may her soul rest in peace, when she was dying, his family did not let him get on the royal jet to see her. So he missed seeing his grandmother before That's she cold. died. That's so cold. So by the time he got there, she had already passed away. That's cold. That to me is like, whoa. That's cold. Whoa. I mean, there's so much. So I because would, he married a black girl? Because he's know, outspoken? I think that... Again, if you follow the royal family, Harry has always been the rebel. Mm-hmm. Harry has always, from the women he's dated, to his lifestyle, to him even joining the army. Mm-hmm. He's like, like, Harry has always been like, I am rejecting this. Quote, unquote, the black sheik of the family. You know what I mean? And you feel it. You know, you've always known that when his mother died, 
You always felt that he felt something about how his mother was treated within the royal family. Because mm-hmm. even before his mother died, they divorced. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it wasn't even, I think that people neglect how kids feel. Because Harry was very young. What was he, like nine when his mom died? Mm-hmm. So to, to I think that they, they don't understand how much he carried yeah. and how much of that burden. So, I mean, I'm just, I think that a lot of Americans always say shit like, oh, why do we care about the royal family? Baby, it's juicy. That's why. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, we should definitely, you guys definitely check out the book too. Um, yeah. Next on the list, you know when we used to talk about these podcasters, especially these male podcasters, yes. okay? Let's talk about Andrew Tate. In case you don't know who that is, he's an American-British social media personality. Um, he was a former professional kickboxer, but he became like famous on social media with the podcast and stuff where he was promoting an ultra-masculine, ultra-luxurious lifestyle. Self-described misogynist. That's basically him, right? He mm-hmm. believes women... He, and he even says that he's a sexist, like he says it. Um, so now, the main thing going on with him is that he was recently arrested for human trafficking mm. and rape as well um an american citizen said that she was kidnapped and held hostage and trafficked by him also abused um basically he trafficked many girls and he has them branded hmm. can you imagine okay he forces them to create content for websites like only fan as part of an organized crime group that allegedly formed in early 2021 this is crazy. So he's been arrested now. And my point is that this are the men. He's literally one of the men that will go on social media that women are meant to be this. You know, you're, you're beneath men. You know what I'm saying? Men are meant to be in charge and meant to be in control. And women are not shit. Da, da, da. And you see a lot of our generation, even younger generation, you know, under us, they subscribe to this. Rhetoric. They subscribe. Like, they believe in... I've heard many women say that, oh, my God, my, my boyfriend, I broke up with him because he started listening to Samuel... What's Samuel what? Samuel, what's that? Kevin... Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels, right? This is the white version of Kevin Samuels, but damn near, like, the worst version. You know what I'm saying? Because it's one thing if you say some shit, like, okay, you're talking and sharing your podcast, whatever, but it's another thing if you're actually trafficking women and you yeah. branding them, having your own specific brand that you own them. Mm-hmm. And this is happening in 2022, 2023. That is so scary. That is crazy that women are still being trafficked to this level. You thinking you're a popping bitch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I don't know if you watched, you know, Soft Belly interviews. Mm-mm. Soft Belly interview. Um, he's like this interviewer who interviews like drug addicts. Um, I think you've seen them. People who are crazy, on, they're, they're currently active I, on seen, drugs. I've seen the clips, yeah. He interviewed some lady, I forgot what her name, a black, beautiful black girl, and she said she's been in the streets, she's a finesse You know, those type of girls, like, I could get anything from a man, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And she said that um, she was in Miami, and some Arabian prince came, right? Um, and then, you know, they were at the Arabian prince uh, mansion for, like, for, she said, for a month. And she was like, I, I got five kids. I got to go home. Uh. And he was like, oh, no, no, whatever. He was buying that Gucci, whatever. He, she said she met cats from Love and Hip Hop. They're like, all the celebrities that we see, they were all there. Like, different babes were there. Uh. And, you know, some of them were trying to leave. And he was like, no, you don't have to leave. You know, I'm going to travel you out to Dubai, travel you out to this, whatever. She said they went to Diddy's house. She said they all went to Diddy's house for a party. And she said she was hearing the conversation. And he was like, 
um, yeah, you could have whoever, whoever you want. Like, you could have them. Like, and she was like, wait, he's selling us. Long story short, she found a way to escape Sha. She found a way to finance herself and to be out of there. And I'm just like, this shit is happening with celebrities that we do know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, anyway, Andrew Tate, y'all check him out on social media. Um, but I'm so glad that he's been arrested. Watch out who you listen to because what you listen to, it's crazy. Like, you listen to this shit, you, you listen to it day in and day out, and then you think like, oh, this is the definition of masculinity. What I find crazy is that I feel like this is another inventing Anna. Because I'm like, who the fuck is Andrew Tate? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some of these people just become famous out, out of, of nowhere. nowhere. You know what I mean? Because originally, they were like, he a kickboxer. He is a kickboxer or then, a Romanian kickboxer. Then it was like, he was making, like, porn videos with people mm-hmm. And doing then he this. was supposed to be on Big Brother, but he got kicked out because of investigation. Because, exactly. Now, and then it was a time when it was like, oh, it was just like he was rich. Mm-hmm. People are doing... So it's like, who is this one? Where do we know him from? Mm-hmm. What's the origin story? Mm-hmm. And it's like, y'all made this man famous. He sure did. Y'all made him somebody to have followers. Yep, yep. So it, it, it is. It's really just kind of like a telltale sign of, like... Y'all got to be careful about who y'all just amplify on this social media. And be careful of this man, please. Please. This is not that this is not what masculinity looks like. This is not what it means to be a man to control a woman. What is that? It's not. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so on this next part, um let's talk about some of the stuff at the Golden Globes. So the Golden Globes just happened this past week. And we love to see it. There was a huge sweep from Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary had winners for Best Comedic Actress in a comedy series with Quinta Brunson, Best Comedic Actor, um, and Tyler James Williams, Mm -hmm. and Best Supporting Actor in The Queen Mother, Cheryl Lee Ralph. Um, While Cheryl Lee Ralph was on the red carpet, though, she made some interesting comments, and I'm going to play this clip for you now. You want to tell your 15-year-old self right now on this carpet you're talking to my 15-year-old self there's nothing wrong with your nose there is nothing wrong with the shade of your skin there is nothing wrong with the way your hair grows out of your head and there is certainly nothing wrong with your lips because there will be some people called Kardashians and they will pay $10,000 for your lips Hang in there, 15-year-old Cheryl Lee Ralph. You're good. So that is um, the audio of what Cheryl Lee Ralph said on the Golden Globe Mm. carpet. And, you know, I just feel... I just feel like people just be coming for the Kardashians. It just be unwarranted straight bullet. Mm Mm-hmm. I just feel like that was just super unnecessary. And I love Cheryl Lee Ralph, you all. I love, 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 love... D from Moesha. You know, she was the mom and sister act two. Original dream girl. I love me some Cheryl Lee Ralph, but I mm-hmm. definitely think that was just unwarranted and unsolicited. I feel like, could she have gone without mentioning their names? Yes. Is she lying? No. Because, you know, it's just nowadays because of, maybe you think back in the day, many celebrities used to like, mention Kardashians all the time mm. with a big booty whatever whatever is it true yes they did get their bodies still like black women like it's it's not it's no lie in that at all whether they want to admit it or not whether you love them you like it or whatever but it is the fact that's true um and i, I you know she yeah she should have she didn't have to mention that name because of whatever yeah. but 
it's not a lie. And, you know, again, I think with that specific question, a 15-year-old, right? And who is so monumental? Who was, like, the main people? Like, at least, of course, they're not the first ones to do BBL or whatever. No, we can't say they're the first ones to do surgery. White women have been doing lip injection, breast implants, whatever, for a while. But they're the main ones that became really popular. They're the main ones that were on TV that we saw, like, oh, okay. This is how they live. This is their lifestyle. They're doing their body this way. Even, oh, the box braids, whatever, all that, whatever. It's like, it is the black woman print. Let's 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 call it speed is speed. Let's call it speed is speed. So here's my um, pushback a little bit. I I think that one, as you said, they're not the poster child for plastic surgery. Because mm-hmm. before them and after them, people was getting plastic surgery. Of course, be it limp plumpers, breasts, buttocks. People was getting plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel that. Once again, with them, I think that the they also came up in an era where not that it was overpopularized, but it was really popularized to highlight black features in non-black women. Mm-hmm. Because I think this was also when Jennifer Lopez was right was reigning for quote unquote having a fat ass. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, when we look at Jennifer Lopez's ass, was her ass that fat? No, but she had a fat ass based on white people's definition of fat ass. But, and Jennifer but Lopez didn't thing. get surgery for but her booty. She didn't get surgery, mm-hmm. but she was praised for having a fat ass. Mm-hmm. For being a Hispanic woman with this quote-unquote extra fat facts, ass. Facts. And she, white people knew that, but the popularization of Jennifer Lopez's body came from black people. Really? Came from black men. Yeah, because that's when she was dating Diddy. Okay. Jennifer Lopez started off in black spaces. So wait, let's break it down. The popularization of J Lo, I agree, came of her from body. Diddy. Yes. Of her, now, of her body, I don't know if it came from black people. It came from black people because she started off in black spaces, and that was the thing. Jennifer Lopez, and she's been in black spaces from the beginning. From the beginning, so we went. We didn't. We weren't talking about her booty. Yes, it was, they were. From it her was being white a, media that talked about no, her it was booty. Not. G. It was black people that started talking about her booty, and what? white people adopted that. Oh my god! It was black people. Because when she plays Selena, people was like, damn, mm-hmm. she think like Selena. Okay. And that was when they was, and then she started dating Diddy. And they was like, damn, Jennifer Lopez is bad because she got a fat ass. White people did not notice her ass was fat until black people started mentioning mm-hmm. her ass okay. was fat. Okay, I don't know because about that. at that time, having a fat ass as a white person wasn't a plus. Okay. okay, it was a negative. I can hear that. Well, I would say I was in Nigeria at that time, so I will leave it to it that. It was like you, you, oh, your ass is fat. That's what it was. It wasn't a positive, like, oh, you, you thick, you fat ass. Mm-hmm. That was some shit that black people did. I've always felt that with Kardashians, we don't get in black men ass enough from them, mm-hmm. and that is the thing because they are not. To me, I've always felt the Kardashians are never do. They not doing no unique shit. White men, white women begin surgeries to look like black women for a long time. Hence, getting lip injections, boob implants, hip implants. Kardashians did not invent the BBL. I agree with that. They you didn't. Obviously, they, they didn't go to doctors saying, hey, create this. Create this. Now, granted, they, you know, they were, they just happened to peak on reality TV. They made it popular. They made it popular because, you know, they were on reality TV or whatever. But I think that there is a lot of. 
we we give a lot of critique to, to the Kardashians, like, oh, y'all try to be like black women. But it's like, everybody wants to be like black women because we are the shit. Mm-hmm. I think that what made the Kardashians popular was black men loving and invested in them and acting like they were cream of the crop women because they had black features. I'm not denying the fact that black, pain, black men played a major role. Absolutely. But back again to the simple question of her, her answering that question, did the black did the Kardashians pay thousands of dollars to look like black women? Yes. Her yes, point was just to say that don't hate your features because they're gonna be a group of women, a family that's gonna be super popular to today because they want your features. Yes. Yes, just like okay, even with the concept of like um Nick Minaj wearing the crazy color hair, whatever, pink hair. Bitches been wearing colored wigs before and even Gwen Stefani. We just talked about it. She been wearing different stripes, skunk stripe wigs, whatever, whatever. But Nick Minaj made it super popular. But at that era, everyone wanted to have wigs and uh, um, um, soulmates like her. You know what I'm saying? The bangs. The bangs, the everything. The pink, whatever. She had the black and white at the moment. They wanted to look like her because she was the popular one. She wasn't who made it popular. You know what I'm saying? So is she, the is she the one who created it? No, she's not the one who created it. You know what I'm saying? But for me, I don't disagree with what she said. It's what she said. It's, it's I mean, I think very it's true. What she said. I just think that they, there's such a malicious intent. Like, I think them, them bitches just said, oh, black, black men fuck with us because we have this. And they just kept it going. You said what? I feel like they really was like, oh, black men like this of us. Oh, you're talking about the Kardashians? Yes. And they just were like, you know, we have a reality show. We got to stay popular. We got to do this. Kim then, then had sex with Ray J. You know what I'm saying? This and the other. Let's keep it going. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I felt like that's what they did. And I think that, like, they get, like, the malicious. Mm-hmm. They, like, because it's true. You're basically saying they're not the only one that should be attacked or blamed for it. I just think, I don't think it wasn't as malicious as people try to make it seem. That's what it's that what people try to make it seem like they maliciously were trying to look like black women as to steal a black woman. I mean, it never is when white people do shit. It's never like I'm trying. Oh, that's besides racism and slavery shit. But in this nowadays, when white people do shit, I'm not trying to be malicious. It's never my intention. But the action, the consequence, the result becomes malicious. You know what I'm saying? And that's just white people or non-black people in general when they are taking black culture. That's just it. I don't even think they take black culture like bitches be saying. All they did was get their ass done. Everything outside of that, they do not be taking black culture. On some real shit. And I'm going to say that as somebody that watched the shows. And all I watched the show too. They do not I be was down black from the culture, very beginning. Dude. The only thing I might know was just crane season. I but mean, I, I, I watched the show too. They don't be stealing black culture to me. They okay. just, they and just it's got like, their okay, body done. Right, they got their body done. But even let's go down to the box break situation. It's like, okay, your intention is not to steal black culture. But as well, they've not made any comment to say, Hey, this is not this is not our intention. Me having all she did. bags, she did. Rolls, when that came out, she did say what, something. What did it. she say? She said she said just that. She said she got it from Bo, whatever that little, that white girl that had the braids. She said that was the look she was going for in her mind. She wasn't trying to mm-hmm. steal boxing braids. She wasn't trying to steal cornrows from black women. She mm-hmm. was trying to get the aesthetic from that white. And I remember that's some pop culture shit. I hear both sides. I just don't feel like it's wrong. I don't think people. I don't think it's wrong for people to think that, oh, whatever whatever Cheryl said. I don't think it's wrong at all. I don't all. think what Cheryl said is necessarily Was wrong. it necessary? No. It was not necessary. She could have just said there are people who would pay for it, which is true. You know what I'm saying? It is true. People do pay for it. You know? So, because she, she have gone without mentioning names, so it wouldn't be so controversial. But she tweeted saying, I stand by what I said. Of I said what I said, and I feel what she's saying. She got no, a point. As a veteran actress... 
especially a veteran actress that was denied for the exact same feature. Exactly. She's she's well within her rights. Like, Absolutely. That's that's that. Because I can't imagine where like I this you know as you said veteran years come you're like damn I wasn't hired because of this yeah because I'm dark skinned and I'm plus my size. lips is this and now I'm seeing all these white bitches with tans and they big and I they have no talent the and I feel the same way you know what I'm saying I'm not saying she's wrong what she's saying I'm just saying there's an overarching culture and attacking the Kardashians for everything and it's like they don't be doing every these not the, the they not the only catalyst attack some of the people. Who done made them popular? Attack Tiger because he told he admit for real. Tiger said in an interview that he he taught Kylie black sauce and that's what made them popular. I kid oh, you not. I know what I was talking about Tiger Woods. <laughs> he said Tiger. Are <laughs> oh, you talking about Tiger? Tiger. Anyway, is it Damar? Is it Damar? Damar Damar Hamlin. Okay, Damar Hamlin. He is a football player. Um and he what who does he play with the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh uh-uh, uh, he plays for the Buffalo. Buffalo, Bills. sorry, Buffalo Bills. But it was a game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Um, where we see he's a twenty-four year old guy. Where we see that he collapsed. He took two steps back and before and he started and he fell back. And they said that he had a he experienced cardiac arrest. Now this whole conversation is about football in general. Twenty-four year old. 24 years old experiencing cardiac arrest when you think about 24 year old he's healthy in his best shape in his life right because he's an athlete he's working out yeah i'm supposedly eating healthy as well at least for you to be on the field um but for a 24 year old to experience cardiac arrest on the field i think that's a very scary thing and Mm -hmm. i think that um it creates that conversation about football hell yeah you know like is this really an ideal sport is this a healthy sport I've said it for Majority a long time, of football like, players are black men too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, of course there are white people in there and a twinkle of maybe Hispanics. I barely see Hispanics. Not a twinkle. But you know, it's really a black man sport. It's an American sport. This is the American flag sport. This is the American culture. When you want to say America, oh, it's it's it is football. Or we call it handball because it's not really football, yeah. quite frankly. <laughs> but what do you think about it? Because for me, when I saw the twenty-four-year-old collapse. You know, and then he wasn't the only one now. Didn't somebody a, there are a lot of football players that collapse. Yeah, or that they end, end up having brain injuries as time goes yeah, by. It, they develop, you know. Yeah, it may, it may not always be in the NFL, but there are a lot of college players, right? Absolutely. That collapse suddenly from hearts. Yeah. High school kids that collapse suddenly from heart. And this is my thing with football. I just don't, I, you know, I, I've always said it since I was young. I don't believe I want my children to play football. I agree. Football is such a dangerous sport. And, like, all sports are dangerous to a degree, but there's a level of danger in football that I'm like, hey, yo, you can break an arm or two, but that head, those head and brain injuries, it's like they I can't play They're wearing a helmet, and they're, like, attacking each other. It's too much, and they are strong, and they are going so fast. And it's rumored that the situation with DeMar was kind of like a one in a thousand chance they, where they were saying that it was like a cardio, um, what is it, my, my, cardio McKayler type shit. So basically they said um, his injury resembled commotion, no, commodio cordis, yes. a phenomenon that occurs when a sudden blunt impact to the chest causes cardiac arrest. And this is an extremely rare occurrence. There are about 30 cases in the U.S. each year in total. But listen... Mark my words, it's not about to be a rare 
occurrence anymore. It's not rare. It's not. I think that it never was rare. I mm-hmm. think that because that happened on the national stage, exactly, it forced us to look deeper into what it is. But I don't think it was rare. We've heard many, many, many times of football players, high school, college players that literally fall out. Like mm-hmm. they're in the field and their heart stops. I do think that. I don't know, you know, call it, call it, whatever. I think they got to do something about the level of contact. Or like, football. you know, we also hear many cases of like after they retire or it forces That's many CTE. people to retire early because of the side effects that they've had. You hear many, you know, podcasts with, you know, wives of football players like my husband is not the same anymore. That's CTE is Like his head is not correct, basically. You know, Antonio Brown. Have, it's, it's just like, you know, boxing too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's such a brutal sport that I'm like boxing, football. It's a no-no for me. I cannot have my son, and then neither would I date anyone who plays such yeah. sport because it's dangerous. It's so aggressive. It's, it's so, so aggressive. Dangerous. Like you may not experience it now, but ten years down the line, when the shit really hits the fan, it's super hard. It's too much. And you know, apparently they said it took um, about an hour after he collapsed for them to officially suspend the game. Mm. Do you think that's too long? No. Okay. I think that when, you know, I think that like football, they go through so many injuries Mm -hmm. that that's part of the game, right? Like people literally have full concussions. Some people go paralyzed. Mm -hmm. Like they get here real bad. We sit there, we watch that shit for 20 minutes and then they go off, whatever, whatever. We be like prayers to them and then Mm -hmm. they go back to the game. It's not unheard of for people to get serious injuries in football and then they go back to play uh, but just to give an update, he was discharged from the hospital um, a few days ago on January 11, nine days after he collapsed on the football field. Um, he was going to continue his rehab at home with the Bills as well. Um, so we just wish him best of luck. Really. Best of luck. He still has to go through evaluation and series of cardiac, neurological, and vascular testing um, just to make sure he's super okay before he gets back on the field. After that, I don't know if I allow my child to get back on the field. Though. I personally would not. I damn near am like, are they going to let him get back on the field? And I'm sure he most likely would get back on the field because he has so many people depend on him. You have your family depending on you. You have to pay this, whatever. You have to keep up with the lifestyle. Because it's like once you go rich, you're wealthy, you live in this house, who's going to pay for it? Yeah. And a lot of them, you know, when they go into football, a lot of them, they, they're not graduates from college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're done with school. They have a degree. Are you going to go from that type of lifestyle and not go to a nine to five? Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm, I'm, that's why, like, you know, if you're an athlete, you're an, uh, even a, a musician, you have made your money you're in this fast lifestyle make sure you're investing your money where that eventually your money can work for you you know if something happened accident happens you fall sick whatever your money you can still make money yeah. you know what i mean like uh, passive income something oh yeah 24 24 24 he's not, like like how many how much he, he hasn't like, lived yet his career could have been another 12 to 15 years. Yeah. What's this white guy? Tom Brady. He's still going now. He's letting his family go because he wants to do this football. I love this. I mean, isn't that what it is? He is letting his family go for this football shit. He's letting his wife to be. Let her to do her modeling. He's not letting her do her modeling. I feel. Ah, so next. Let's talk about Meek Mill. Um, So Meek Mill really, he kind of was really popular over Christmas break because he was in Ghana. For the Black Star Line Festival in Ghana. 
And during this time, Meek had so much shit happen to him. He was just trending every other week. From having his phone stolen, to being on dirt bikes, to his performance, to Meek really just vibing out in Ghana. But Meek would not be Meek without making the headlines. On his last trip, on his last um, event in Ghana, Mm. Meek decided to record a video in the Jubilee House. Now, the Jubilee House is basically like a presidential mansion. Um, I.e. think the White House, think, you know, the Pentagon, very official public places. Now, Meek Mill shot a music video there, and a lot of backlash came from that. Mm -hmm. Somebody even tweeted, Meek Mill really shot a music video at the Jubilee House. This is the lowest point we can get to as a country. What happened to the Jubilee House is a security zone. Even American Embassy in Ghana. You can't take pictures, and Ghana allows the Jubilee House to become a studio. We are finished. So there's a lot to be said about this moment. All right, there's two sides to this story. Part of it is like the sentiments of the tweet I just read, where they're disappointed with the government and the officials for even letting him even be there and do the video. But the other half of Twitter is kind of saying, well, damn me, cool. Like, that's rude. You in your mind don't think, okay, I did too much. This is a sacred space. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about me really shooting that video? Because it was with his phone. Right? Oh, was it? Was it with? It? I think I. I think I just saw that he did it was not with his phone, but with it wasn't. He wasn't like he had a legit whole camera crew, you know, like oh we trying to shoot a music video type of thing, right? Yeah. Um, he did offer an apology, you know, um, saying that he never meant to disrespect the people of Ghana. The fastest way to make connection is through music, and I wanted to do that with displaying art. I feel like he was overly excited, you know, like, oh, I'm in the presidential palace. I'm yeah. in Africa. I'm in Ghana. Hey, this would be. And as musicians, that's what it be. Yeah. That's what they think about. We could, we could shoot a video here real quick, low key. Whether yeah. it's a gas station or this gas station look decent. You Facts. know what I'm saying? Or oh, this corner so is decent as hell. Or oh, this shit look like the hood. Or oh, this shit look rich as hell. You know, that's definitely. And that comes with the American mindset of no respect. Of no Damn. boundaries. Americans are not respectful. Oh, everyone in the whole world knows that. Yeah. Which is why I mean, a lot of people, other people that are not Americans, they don't like Americans. The Yankees. Because it's yeah. like, y'all don't respect other people's culture. Yeah. Because y'all don't have any culture because as we just discussed, you know. I think it was out of ignorance. I don't think it was, I don't think his intention was to. Yeah, it wasn't to be. No, right. it was just really out of ignorance. But again, it was like, if it was, it's, you know, if it's so strict in this type of place, Okay, so people didn't see when he brought up his phone. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like it was a 30 second video. No, it was a video. You know, so I'm like, did no one see it? But quite frankly, we know how Africa is the CEO. Oh, he's American. Oh, give me a few dollars. I can keep my mouth shut. I don't know if that's what happened, but I could bet that that's most likely what happened. You know what I'm saying? You know, like. I agree. I definitely think that, like, um, you know, here's the thing. There's a saying when in Greece, do as the Grecians. Yeah. And I think that people don't do that enough in black countries or African countries. Absolutely. You know, like people go to white countries all the time. They'll go to a London, they'll go to a Italy, they'll go they'll to go Greece, to Dubai. You know, and they will Yeah, they'll go to a Dubai and all of a sudden everybody dressed like a Muslimina. Okay. You know what I mean? People will respect it. But I think that the customs and cultures of African people are not fully respected. Right, like, there is an idea, especially from Americans, that comes with, like, 
my thought process is more refined. Mm -hmm. Or my thought of this is better than whatever your thought was going to be. So I think that that, it just kind of comes a lot with that. And as you said, I don't think Meek meant it to be some type of way or meant it to shit on Ghana or whatever. But I think that it's negligent that you were in Ghana for like a week and a half and you don't even know what this place, you don't know what this place means. Like taking the culture. Like you went there and you don't know what this place means. Mm, So mm, I mm. think that like, there's a lot of that. Like we got to stop pretending like once you make a certain amount of money, you now have access and you're no longer ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like once you have access to no longer be ignorant, then you are making a choice to be ignorant. So at that point, like me, you could do better. I just think we always be doing goofy shit, and we just be really like. Oh, he definitely is a goofy. But you know what? I have a question that I do want to ask. Um, because I saw on TikTok this lady said that not all black people deserve to go to Africa. Ah, yes, she said. And you know what? I agree with that. Ah, <laughs> no, because. You can't go to Af- into an African country and expect the United States. You're right. As you're right. When you're at Rome, you do as a Romans. Right. You know what I'm saying? You cannot go there to expect that same treatment, same whatever. So the example she gave, she said that there was an African-American woman who started going to Ghana many years, and she loves it. She's connected with her people, the whole shebang, whatever. And she brought her friends, and she said she regrets bringing her friends mm. because they complained from the very beginning like they footstep on the soil of Ghana mm. right oh why is it this why is it that whoa, whoa 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 and like they were not able to take in the experience to take in the culture to take in the people the language the food the connection of like my people my ancestors slavery all of that it was all about oh you know what I mean this why am I not getting a lifestyle so I posted, you know, we did post on a cross-culture page to another lady who was on TikTok. And she said that when you go to Nigeria, do not expect, it's not like Jamaica. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it is hard to hear. Because, you, you know, it is like, damn, you know, as Nigerians, we're like, well, we could walk about. It's not that, you know, it's not that hard. But if you're a non-Nigerian, you have no absolute knowledge, culture, or you yeah. don't have a, a someone to chaperone you. You don't have any family there. How do you get about in Nigeria? Now, is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. But is it hard? Yes. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Depending on where you're going to. I feel like if you go to Abuja, you know, certain part of Lagos, yes, you still enjoy it. But, like, simple things as Uber. Like, you know, I saw someone post that they went to Ghana and, like, Uber, the Uber drivers, is they will still call you and say, okay, where exactly are you going? Are you going? Even though, like, you know, Uber, it shows it's the location there, you're going. Yeah. And they'll be like, hmm. How much are you gonna pay me? Like they want extra money. You know that's what I'm saying? Up. It is fucked up, but that's the African. That's the that's African Ghanaian West African style bribery. You gotta pay me extra more, whatever. You know. So she made the point of like, it's not Jamaica. It's not like where you could go to just a big resort and you're there in that resort and there's beachy there. Yeah. Now it's Nigeria, fun time, dirty December, absolutely. But again, when I meet people, I always say make sure you go somewhere that you know. Go with friends that you know. So like they could guide you. They could take you to the hot places. So you're not just there and you're like, what the fuck is this? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, my point was to make that, you know, I agree. I don't think everyone needs to go to Nigeria, Africa. Ghana. You know, the celebrities is like it definitely is it takes a mature and open mindset to say I'm gonna go to Ghana and enjoy and see the beauty in it. I think there is a false utopian image of Africa. Mm-hmm. Because people think because of all the racism and oppression we go through in America, that when you step foot in Africa, it's like, it's like fucking, you know, this this place and you see... Utopia. Yeah, like you do whatever. And it's just kind of like, no, it's still, there's oppression there. There's, 
you know, whatever is going on it's in the country. There, yeah. yeah, it's still a regular country. Yeah. And it's not developed fully for vacation and leisure. So yeah, I mean, there you know, if you if you're gonna go to Africa, be ready to be in Africa. Absolutely. Right. Now can you enjoy it? Yes. Are there certain parts that is like this Western world? Absolutely. And it, it's still luxurious. It's just not the same luxury as as America. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think I totally agree. And if you've really been in Europe, Europe is not the same either. Like, I think that okay. some, people ain't never been to Europe. They just assume because it's white shit, it's going to be whatever. If it's some stuff, you'd be like, okay, what the hell? This yeah, is bush. The, like, the why, toilets are still weird. Why are we behind so and like, we're in Europe, Europe? Okay, like, things are still different. It's just Europe. Exactly. So, y'all keep in mind. And if you're going to go to whatever country, be op- you know, and also adhere to their rules. Don't be ignorant. Just don't go there and want to do anything like me. me. Be sharp about it. Okay. Um, transitioning off of that. So, yes. So this one is spicy. You know, this 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 one is spicy. Gabrielle Union, as you know, she was married to a former football player, Chris Howard. Um, I think what they were married for was a year or two. Yes. Now this was like in the early two thousands. Um, and she mentioned that she felt entitled to infidelity in her first marriage Mm. simply because. It was a dysfunctional relationship, but because she was paying all the bills. Break it down for me. What do you think about that? I mean, in her first book, she talks mm-hmm. a lot about how with her husband, she was doing everything. Like mm-hmm. She was paying. He wasn't doing shit, so on and so forth. And I think with women, that's part of the relationship for us. Like, if I'm being with a man, I don't expect to be paying all the bills. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to be taking care of a man. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing that, then I'm... Single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whether mm-hmm. I'm married, whether I'm whatever, I'm single. If mm-hmm. I have to do everything by myself, you're not being a partner. And I yeah. think that's kind of what she was trying to say. Yeah. So does the does that give her the right to cheat, though? I mean, it don't give you the right, but I can see it. So in men, so with men's situation, because I feel like this same excuse is the excuse a lot of men have, like, well, I am the man of the house. I pay the bills. I take care of you. You don't go without a need or wants whatever. But so I can cheat. I can me, do what I want to want. I, whatever I want to do. To me, that's a stupid excuse for men because that is your role. Mm. See, when, when she say it as the woman, it's mm. like, gee, that's the man role. Mm-hmm. So for the man to not be living his role, baby, I'm going to do what I want because we not like, mm-hmm. if I'm doing the woman and the man role, then mm-hmm. I'm not with anybody. But as the man, your role is to do that. Now, when men say shit like, my wife don't cater to me, my wife don't cook for me, my wife don't give me any sex, my wife don't do this, I empathize a little more. Not that mm-hmm. I excuse it, but I understand, like, as a woman, you weren't doing nothing for your man, so he wasn't feeling like he was in a relationship. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I agree with that. Like, if you are in a relationship and you start behaving like you're not in a relationship, mm-hmm. Then, baby, it is what it is. I think for both genders, it's a bullshit-ass excuse. For both genders, whether you're male, female, whatever. You decide to get in a marriage, and y'all said your vows, and the agreement wasn't that, oh, we are in an open marriage, okay, that we are free to do this and do that. It's a stupid excuse. Just divorce, then do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Now, can we empathize with some of the reason behind it? Yes. Like, as a man saying, my wife wasn't giving me sex. She wasn't taking care of the home, blah, blah. Or the, the wife saying, my man wasn't being a man. 
I, you know, you could kind of empathize, but I, you know, with that reason alone, hearing come for a woman, I'm like, oh, this is what men say all the time. Yeah. And we kind of justify it and say like, well, this and that. No, it's absolutely fucking wrong. And I want us, you know, I know like time is going, but I want us to get deep real quick. Because, you know, we sent this, I sent you this um, clip on this lady saying soft life, soft life. She doesn't agree with soft life. Actually, I was having a conversation with a client of mine. And we're just talking about what we're both looking for in dating. Mm. And, you know, we're in this society where like, we feel like um, every woman should be like a go-getter. I'm a boss bitch. I'm a CEO. I own mm. my own business. But some women just want to be home care. Hell yeah. Home takers. I'm that woman. Home, you know, I'm like, I, I am a um, home home care. That's my job. Yeah, I'm a, ho- I'm a housewife. It's okay. And we're in a society where we kind of demean housewives. Because, you know, I've had mm. conversations with women and, real, and some women are like, if you're a housewife, you're selfish because you're putting so much load on your husband. But then no, that's, that's not, not the case for that's everybody. True, yeah. Some people have their own family planning down to the T. Like, you're the wife, you're the home. But actually, you being a wife at home, you're the CEO of the you're home. You're the caregiver. You're, you're the CEO. You're the one running yeah. everything. Like, I can't do anything as the husband, whether it's business deals, financial planning, bill paying, the school's kids go, the school the kids go to, what we wear, what we eat. All that planning, girl, that shit is exhausting. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? And some some men are looking for women that are that. And then sometimes when we have that, especially in the Western world, we see it as like, you looking for a... So, a come up. You know, you look like you're looking for a slave, a right dog that you want to control, which may not be the case. And I, and I have to open my like, you know, because in Nigeria, that's what's popular. That's that's the main thing. Is nowadays, and also the Western culture is different. Black women are different in the sense of like, we don't have our black men. Yeah. They're in prison. They were taken from us. You yeah. get what I'm saying? You know, they're criminals due to slavery. This is a generational mm. thing that is still affecting us and it's still happening to now. So we have to carry that burden. We have to carry that load. You get what I'm saying? But if you're a woman that wants to be a, yo, a wife at home, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. But also if you're a woman that you, and there's women who, oh, who are okay with being CEO and they want a small boy. To just cater to their physical okay, needs. Okay, somebody that's not intimidated. Exactly. So if that's to be the case, then that's no like Gabrielle Union, because I read that book too. Yeah. You before you marry him, before they got married, she did say they had problems. She yeah. said she said even walking down the aisle, she was like, "We are so fucked up." And it's crazy, like, and you know that's a separate issue of itself, but that is a that's a thing for women at that age, young, late twenties, yeah. early thirties, yeah. maybe. Hell, because I, I be feeling that way anyway. Girl, I think about it every day. Like, think about it. Like, really, Nami, even to ask you, what is your goal? Like, yes, we have goals of, oh, we want to be successful, whatever. But sometimes, like, is it really what you really, really want for yourself or because of societal pressures? Society. And because of family pressures of, like, oh, I know my family background and my family may need me to do this, Y, X, and Z. That's you know what I'm about saying? about being a wife and mother. What do you feel? Like, society and family pressures, like, I'm late. Okay. Okay. But in myself, I'm like, I was, I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like I may not be ready till like 32, 33. And that's okay. And then but when you get society there, society and family and all of that will make me feel like, bitch, you, you late. You what the fuck? You dragging. So when you get there, what type of wife and mother do you want to be? I definitely have always wanted to be the wife and mom that like I can take a year, or like almost a year, mm-hmm. like as much time as I need. To get my kids established. Exactly. Now, I don't think I'll be a full housewife. I think that me, naturally, I'd want to get into something. Mm-hmm. Um, But I know that I want to, like, once I become a wife and mother, I know that I would like for those to be my main priority. 
and that like me working is me working for myself but, but it's not an, like a, it's by force by force yes it's, it, it's more like something I'm doing to feel whole to fulfill rather you. than to feel like it's I a necessity. Yeah, me and my kid you know what I mean like yeah <laughs> So no. me and my kids. No, for real. Yeah. I be seeing it, you know, like the. I, I agree, G. I totally agree. Like, you know, if I said my next pregnancy, I would like the option to not work because my first pregnancy, like, I I worked to the day I gave birth, to yeah. and he came, and I feel like me working so much, doing two jobs, it put a row as to why he came two weeks early. Yeah. I mean, I'm heavy. I'm lifting heavy load. I'm doing this and that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, my next pregnancy, I want to be able to say, I am pregnant. Treat me like an egg. Yeah. Gentle. I can't carry load. Let me just be working on air. You know what I'm saying? That's how it should, like, really, that's how it should be because we're putting so much energy and time and effort into a child. Yeah. And as a man, provide financially. That's not too much to ask. And emotionally Mm -hmm. and physically, you know, and be there. Because I think that sometimes... um, when we when we when we put on men that their only job is financial, yeah. they completely drop Forget. the ball mm-hmm. in every other aspect. Absolutely, and it's like, yeah, that might be your pivotal role. As my pivotal role is to care for you, mm-hmm. but you need so much more from me, and I need so much more from you. So can men excuse it, saying that? Well, since you're not providing financially for the child, and I'm saying this for housewives, if you're not, since you're not providing financially for the child, right? Because that's something that you're not giving to the child. Why do I have to? I'm already providing financially. Why do I have to be there physically or like do the others like the extra stuff that you're mentioning? Because it's like, dude, I'm not your nanny. This is now about you building a relationship with your own child. Mm-hmm. I think that's where men be dropping the ball too. It's like things are not instantly created. Like people build relationships with their dad. Absolutely. You know, like. It's a and in, in order to form a healthy human being, the child needs to receive emotion, emotional connections and relationship from both parents, not just from yeah. one parent. Now, maybe more from the mom because you're more there, you pre, you know, we're more nurturing, the warmth, whatever, fine. But it doesn't mean it should lack from the dad as well. Yeah, and work be hard for in different settings. You mm-hmm. know, like... I remember being in college, being like, man, fuck school. I can't wait to just work. Mm-hmm. Like, all day I just want to work. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to have to do tests and papers and all this tedious school mm-hmm. shit. And there's some people that's like, man, fuck work. I would go do anything to be back in school. Where all I had to worry about was a paper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's the same almost in parenting where it's like, or or family building, not parenting per se, but family building where it's like, you know, both of us have a double-edged sword. It's like where one moment I felt like, damn, I, I, I wish all I had to do was go to work and I don't want to have to be take care of this baby. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes men feel, I'll give this to men, I feel like sometimes men feel like, damn, I wish I could be at home with the kids. And that's all I had yeah. to do. And I didn't have to go out in the field and try to make money for everybody and feel that mm-hmm. pressure. I will that. I wish that my only role was being a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so... I feel it for both sides. I hope that people who are in those situations are able to work symbiotically and Absolutely. work together. Absolutely. All right. So, another one. Um, let's talk about some mo- um, movies and TV. So, while we were on break, I know a bunch of us watch movies and TV. Oh, I watched The Chippendale Story, too. Oh, you did mention that. Yes, on Hulu. That was very good. It was very real. It, it was um, autobiographical, uh, bio, bio, mm-hmm. um, and 
I just feel like everybody watching, you would never expect that that's the origin story of Chippendales. Mm. You know, like the real origin story. So y'all watch that. That's cool. But uh, and that's on Hulu. That's on Hulu. Something else I watch. We're gonna wait for Erica to finally watch Best Man the Final <laughs> Chapters. Yes. Cause I watch that and I have a lot of critique about who really is the villain. Because okay. I've been seeing it on social media. But um outside of that, I watch Knives Out, The Glass Onion. I love a good whodunit. I watch that too. Like I love a good whodunit. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched Kaleidoscope yet because I know I need the time and the energy to watch Kaleidoscope. But um with Knives Out, I just feel like Janelle, like it was an all-star cast. Janelle Monet, um, what's his name? Jeremy Odom, oh, Jeremy Odom Jr., the guy who was in One Night in Miami. He played Sam Cooke in One Night in Miami. We watched it, One Night in Miami. You're saying he's in a Knives Out? Yeah, he's in Knives Out. In this new one? Yeah. What role did he he's play? He's literally the only black guy. Oh, he did. Oh, I just remembered. Yeah, yeah. Le- Leslie Odom Jr. Whatever yeah, Leslie Odom Jr. Leslie That's Odom his name. Jr. Mm-hmm. Kate Hudson. <laughs> yeah. It's Kate Hudson. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Um, the other lady, I can't remember her name. Daniel Craig. Ed, whatever. Yeah, Ed Nat Batista. Ed Norton. Like mm-hmm. such an all-star cast in Knives Out. And I just love stories that tell. Like I love movies that like are complete stories. It felt like an onion. It, it was an appeal. Layers. layers. It was good. And I'm like, Janelle Monet. I'm just like, whoa, she is talented. And you know me, I'm super, I'm such a nerd with movies. Like, I watch a movie, I like it. I start looking like, where's the director's mm-hmm. notes? What are people writing on the blog? Mm-hmm. What is this? And at, first of all, I didn't know that was a, um, a continuation. Like, this was the second installment. Mm-hmm. So I went to go watch the first one. I was like, oh my God, this is good too. Mm, who's in the first one? The first one has Jamie Lee Curtis. Chris Evans. Okay. I Daniel know the first Craig, one you're talking about. Okay. Um, some actors. You may not know their names, but um, the actress that plays Marilyn Monroe in the new docu um, mm-hmm. movie Blonde on Netflix. Uh, and you have some other people, too, that you may see in different movies that you're like, oh, shit, I know them. So, yeah, that one was already naturally good. And I, like I say, I love a good mystery, a good whodunit. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. I enjoyed it, too. Uh, I'm trying to see what am I currently watching. Am I watching anything besides Achilles and me? Real Housewives of Potomac. <laughs> Nonsense. Nonsense. I can't wait to really get into it. Next week, I feel like we exactly, can get into Exactly, yeah. Um, After we see everything from next week, we can get into it. Um, love and Marriage. Oh, yeah. The reunion is happening. Reunion. So part three is coming out. Tomorrow. Do you think Maurice has cheated no, Marceau. Marceau has cheated on Tisha. Yes. He moves and walks and talks like a man who's cheated on his wife. Yes. But I don't know why she doesn't see it. I think everybody else is trying to say, like, Marceau is not innocent. I mean, Martel's not, Marceau is not innocent. Mm-hmm. And they've been trying to say it in many ways without just basically being like. She doesn't cheated. want to believe it. She's a mother. I need the heart or whatever. And She had evidence. Here's but. the thing that women got to stop saying. Mm-hmm. I think, and I was telling, you know what's funny? I was actually just talking to my therapist about this. Mm-hmm. About women guilt. Right? Okay. About how you'll be in a relationship and sometimes you don't feel as bad as about the situation as you feel about how other people will judge your action uh-huh. in the situation. And I think that's what Tisha's going through. Mm-hmm. I think Tisha wants so bad to feel that if her husband was cheating on her, it's a non-negotiable. She wants to feel so much that she's say different that. than Mel, uh-huh. that she would never tolerate her husband stepping now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier for her to say, I don't have concrete enough proof than to just accept my husband cheated and I'm going to stay with him. 
You are. As women, we got to say that's okay. And that's absolutely okay. Because like, it is okay to stay with your cheating ass husband. Okay. You did have evidence. A woman sent your husband a picture of her ass, of her bare ass. Why? That was enough. That was enough. Cool and then he, and what was his comment? Now, I get it. Some, again, we mentioned some bitches be crazy. Some bitches be overstepping. You get what I'm saying? Where, like, okay, your man not even looking for it. But they, they see he's a good man. Some women are like that. Some women are. But then he commented saying, this is a... Midday surprise. Yeah, afternoon delight. And you and, and you heard it, the picture. At that point, you're interacting. Hell you're yeah. encouraging. You're supporting. You're liking. You want more. And I'm going to beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, just say it's okay. Cheating is not a deal breaker for you. That's absolutely yeah. fine. Just say that, you know, you thought it was. Like, you don't even have to acknowledge it. Gee, for him to go to, what did he go to? Tanzania, some African country by himself? By himself? I get it where like, oh, maybe you need a solo trip, whatever, but a whole Africa continent, G, by yourself, that you have, you guys have previously discussed as a family trip. As black people, going to Africa is a major turning point in their lives. No, for real now, we are going to no connect facts. with our ancestors now. We're about to see the motherland. And you're going to do that by yourself. Shit, that ain't no popular. G, you, what, no, which African country can you say you want to go by yourself? Without mm. your family. It's, it's weird, G. Even Kimi was like, no, Maurice ain't going to go by himself. Ooh. Yeah. And you could just hear in her voice, like, well, I understood where he's coming from. No, girl. Do you think Melody is as malicious as they can? I think so. Saying? I think so. Like, she's going around. I like her. To- I like her, but it's just certain things that you could see, like, girl, you be doing the same thing, but you, when people do it to you, you get mad. Like what? Okay. Um. So she was mad that Maurice made a comment in an interview that, oh, Melody and um, Kimmy are not really like friends, friends yes. like that. But Kimmy was like, but you also went in an interview saying that Maurice is the least important character in the show and da da da, da. You two were going in on him. Mm-hmm. Now, are we best friends? No. Are we friends? Yes. But I guess his point was to like, they're not like tight, tight like that. Which, as a husband, he would know who your tight friends are. He didn't lie about it. Now, may he get married? May he know every time you text? No. But your husband would know like, oh, this is my friend's, in- my wife's intimate friend. Mm-hmm. Your husband would know. Melody be doing some little shady shit on the side. Melody is shady. Melody, She's very shady. I mean, what's her name? Melody, Melody is shady. she be doing some loose shit. And I'm just like, girl. Here's the thing. Melody is shady. I think the shade is different from shade, though. Obviously. Because even with that example, it's slightly different mm-hmm. for me. Because one is like, I think that you see so much on the show how Melody tries to be there for Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Even though, like... Yeah, the truth of it, they like they may not be like mm-hmm. tight ass friends or yeah. whatever. But I think him saying that in context of the show makes it seem like, bitch, I'm not even friends. Like you just doing this for the show. Mm-hmm. That's probably how she took it. Versus him not being being the least interesting. That nigga is the least interesting. That's true. And I, I, I can get both sides because it's kind of like how you gonna say that about my husband? Exactly. But Kimmy didn't mean like she said. Yes, we are friends. So she didn't deny no, it. No, Kimmy didn't deny it. So I can see how she felt a way about mm-hmm. uh, Maurice saying it because it was like. You saw that. You saw the moment when, like, Kimmy didn't want to reveal about and her diagnosis, her. and she checked on her. You yeah. see moments where Melody does try yeah. to be Kimmy's friend. Yeah. So I think that's how she was like. You know, you try, and I think it's just a character thing with, with people with shit like that. It's like I'm fighting so much for my character. You don't need to be making my character sound worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why she took it harder. Exactly. And Kimmy just said that it was more of a social media thing. Yeah. Like, like, let's know, like, okay, social media plays a major role with how, you know, certain things are perceived. Next question. Should Destiny be fired from the show? Yes. I yeah. agree. 
Yeah. Because Destiny's hard as fuck. She mean. Yeah. She don't want to share nothing. Yeah. I don't even understand her purpose no now, more. Now, she did say that um, she cannot legally discuss the divorce. Fuck her divorce. It's other things in your life. She don't share anything. Yeah. Yeah. She said, oh, you know, other stuff were fumed, but it just wasn't aired. But I'm just like, it can't just be that. I think that even when the people are talking to her in that moment, and that's part of what she misses. Yeah, things are shot, but they will not be aired if we have no continuity with mm-hmm. it. So it's like, if you would talk with your castmates, then we would see, we would be able Connection. to follow up with you. Mm-hmm. But no, we don't talk to your castmates, so bitch, why I'm finna just automatically start looking at you for? What's the other girl's name? Um, um, the newer girl. Stormy. Stormy. Um, is she ghetto? She is ghetto. <laughs> I don't know why they was trying to make it seem like because of her southern accent. No, you are genuinely ghetto. Should she be on a show or not? I like Stormy on I the like show. I like to see where it go. Yeah, I like Stormy. Yeah, I like to see she, where it go. I think she had good intention. She's good. She's a good enough ghetto for reality TV. Exactly. Here's the truth. Reality TV, you got to be a tange ghetto to be on reality TV. So at least some type of spice. You have to be a tange ghetto. Mm-hmm. If you ghetto in terms of hood ghetto... You can be get, there's bougie ghetto. Mm-hmm. All these real housewives, real housewives. That bougie, that rich, or that bougie, but that ghetto. And even the white ones too. And it, I guess it yeah. depends on what your definition of ghetto too. But I'm telling you, the real housewife of New Jersey, they hood, they ghetto. Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills, they, they got something. That it's just like mm. they all ghetto. This is how too. a proper woman should act. Exactly, now. that's ghetto ness to me. It's yeah. like it's not necessarily just hood black shit. Like when you doing uncouth, unproper shit, you ghetto a little bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. And all of them women are ghetto. Absolutely. Um, yeah, those are good shows that we're currently watching. Music, music. So SZA dropped an album, SOS. Mm-hmm. And SZA's currently sitting in her fourth week of being in the Billboard top, top number one. I like it. I ain't got stuff. Have you listened to I'll that be, album? I'll be playing on my clients, and I, that's why I be playing my Amazon music. It, it's a nice vibe. It's I really cool. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You know, I, you know, I just let it play. I don't skip any music. It's a vibe. It's definitely a vibe. I think people are like, oh, I can't relate because I'm not in a toxic relationship. Bitch, you stupid then. Like, if you can't have other, like, dimensions or other, like, if you can't empathize with other emotions mm-hmm. that aren't always yours, mm-hmm. then you are stupid. I don't think it, you know, I think that it's natural to be like, you know, I'm not in this mood right now, so I'm yes. not going to listen to this type of music. That's absolutely fine. That's fine. But it doesn't take away from the art. It doesn't take away from yes. the creativity. It doesn't take away from the fact that it is actually good music. That exactly. I would say Because I have moments Where I'm like eh, I'm not in the mood Of this like, vibe right now this, So I'm not gonna sense. listen to yes. it Like Summer Walker I'm not in that Like mood right now I'm not gonna listen to it But sometimes I'm like Hey I just wanna listen To some decent music I like the beat I like the lyric I like the flow hmm, I could vibe to yeah, it You know Like you know Good music And I think that's the thing You know good music I'm really proud of SZA A lot of people Have a sophomore slump Drop a second album mm-hmm. and the shit don't be hidden. And this, this is our second album, right? This is her second and album. And it took her a minute to drop this second. What, yeah. four years? Yes. And she, you know, her and her label, we love TDE, but she's always talking shit about them, always talking about how they irritate her and they be playing with her and so on and so forth. But I think they have her best interest for sure. Because every time they're like, not yet, not yet, not yet, mm-hmm. now. That now be like explosive. Mm-hmm. So we love sis that I love my Scorpio sis. So Okay. Shout out to her. Um let's move to our next favorite segment of the episode. An Alodo. Somebody who is a dumbass. Stupid. Makes poor decisions. Comparable to a donkey. Olodo Rabata. Woo! Goof ass. 
So the loader goes to Skip Bayless simply because he tweeted um, right after Damara Hamlin fell, right? And he said, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. We're giving him the, the loader because it just seems super insensitive. A young man, because immediately he fell. It was maybe a few hours later that said, oh, this is cardiac arrest, okay? Mm. Cardiac arrest, we do know many people die from this. It could be an instant thing like cardiac arrest, you're dying immediately. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Fuck putting him on all this plugs and whatever, and he, him getting rehab. The fact that this man is baby, is um, discharged nine days after, that's a miracle from cardiac arrest. Hell yeah. So for you to make this type of tweet saying... But how will the game be postponed? It's super inconsiderate. It goes it goes back to this concept of Americans just being so selfish, disrespectful. It's all about capitalism as well. Because what's the point of football if not to make money? Yeah, I just think that like um, sometimes these are these reporters, especially when they're not black, don't fully. They don't fully empathize or they're not fully seeing us as people. They just see us as entities and things. Exactly. And I think that for him to say that in that moment was just completely callous. It was just insensitive. And it really just left a bad fucking taste in my mouth. I was just like, I don't even watch sports television like that. But if I did, I'm not going to watch you because that is just... Disgusting. So, uh, Shannon um, Sharp, Tara Owens, other even NBL um, players did say, like, they need to slap his ass because this is some ignorant, dumb shit to Hell say. Yeah. But he goes to Lodo because that's some dumb ass shit to do. Okay. Yeah, it's big, goofy ass. Like, it just is uncouth. And it's like, you have been a reporter for years. I think that you know what is, what's, what's proper and what's improper. Mm hmm. Um, but on the flip side of that, let's talk about our care for the culture. Our care for the culture this week goes to the organizers, um, producers, everybody in charge of the Black Star Line Festival. So the Black Star Line Festival was a music festival held in Accra, Ghana this December. Um, and the festival was spearheaded and founded by Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa. Um with this festival, there was over 5,000 Ghanaians in attendance that attended a free concert in Ghana. And this concert highlighted not only the Ghanaian and African diaspora, but also some very notable um, American artists. Mm -hmm. um, and on top of this, we also want to add a special shout out to a previous cross-culture guest, Taya, as well as a special uh, friend to us, David, for being the producers behind this Black Star Line mm -hmm. Festival. You know, as people that we went to school with, we know it makes us nothing but proud to see something amazing happen for you all. This ended up being such a positive event. It really bridged a lot of the um, cultures together. We had stars like Erica Badu, Meek Mill. We had Toby Ingwe. We had... Burner Boy, we had Aria mm -hmm. Stye, we had a lot of all of our stars. It was a very cross-cultured event. And we just want to really shout out Black Star Line Festival for doing that thing. Mm. That's beautiful. That's it is. You know, it's, it's definitely an honor to know people who are like, 
who have they're playing a major role and stuff mm. like this, you know. Because imagine where this festival will go, like maybe 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now, it is still going on. G. For real, new Coachella shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is amazing. Any final thoughts? No, nothing really. Well, you know, this is our first episode of the new year. We're looking forward to greatness, um, surprises, new things, events, um, new opportunities. We wish everyone a great new year. My quote of the day is, tomorrow is the first blank page of a 365-page book. Write Mm. a good one. This is a new year. You know, um, take every opportunity that comes with the newness. Because, you know, despite the whole New Year resolution thing, but coming to New Year does have a newness kind of feeling, right? Yeah. It's like it's a blank page. I could start all over. And whatever that means to you, take advantage of it. You know, mm-hmm. every opportunity, put yourself first. Have discipline. Be happy. Be you to the to the best that be that you could be, okay? Um, and just write a new book for yourself, for your life, for whatever it is that you want. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Cultured. Um, we're going to have a new episode next week. Because um, you to tune in. Share that. Listen, how many times are we going to say you guys? Share this shit. Subscribe, motherfuckers. Okay. All right. And this is Cross Culture. <laughs> Somebody who is a dumbass, stupid, makes me Goose ass. Hey, it is Erica Mona. It's Danielle, and this is Cross Culture. You know how we like to start.